Hello, friends, and welcome to my Heart to Heart podcast. I am your host, Kathy Jo Hart. I am a Christian speaker and author of God's Chosen Helper. Our focus is to discuss the hot topics of the day and how it relates to the Bible and the lessons through the love of Christ. Well, today we're going to continue exposing the hidden truths the transgender industry does not want you to know. And sometimes we must step back from the noise of politics and woke ideologies to fully comprehend what is happening in the transgender industry. In part one, we talked about the untruths about puberty blocking drugs and how the United States is way behind European countries like Finland, Sweden, and the UK who have banned this practice. It has been banned because there are too many children suffering from the effects of these drugs. Many young adults are detransitioning and are now faced with a lifetime of permanent health consequences. The medical focus is no longer on identity, but the subjective emotions of sexual orientation. But here's the thing. Not everyone believes they don't identify with their biological sex. In fact, the majority of those suffering have body image disorders or other sexual fetishes that are completely different than gender dysphoria. But we need to be honest, and we need to remove politics from the debate to understand the science and truth to this once extremely rare mental health disorder. One of the previous medical terms to describe a transvestite, a crossdresser, and a drag queen was called autogynephilia, which means they become sexually aroused by the thought or image of themselves as a woman. Autogynephilia includes both gay and straight men. There are a multitude of subtypes for autogynephilia, but overall, these underlying sexual fetishes are getting lost and ignored in the one-size-fits-all approach to this movement. There are other paraphilias that are due to psychological sexual dysfunction, like those who are sexually aroused by erotic targets, such as pedophilia, which targets children. And this is why the trans movement is trying to change the perceptions of pedophilia by changing terminology to a more socially acceptable term of minor attracted persons. The trans movement is desperately trying to eliminate the negative stigma of perverted sexual desires to full social acceptance. The way to normalize these sexual paraphilias is to force the opposition into submissive social compliance. I saw this meme yesterday and I felt it represented the trans activist perfectly. Now, trans activists are woke politicians, doctors, educators, corporations, biased media, influencers, and predators of all types. And the meme read, when the wolf tells the story, the shepherd is the enemy. Just think about that. When the wolf tells the story, the shepherd is the enemy. Well, who is the wolf? The wolf is obviously the one who wants to devour the sheep. 
The shepherd is the protector of the sheep. So let's look at it in this way. When trans activists tell the story, the parents are the enemy. And I'll take this one step further. When the devil tells the story, God is the enemy. Do you see who the real enemy is? I believe the trans activist goals are to sexualize all vulnerable children. We know this based on the recent push in California to change the laws to protect sex offenders. If the trans movement can normalize sexual disorders, then how soon will rape, incest, and other sexual dysfunctions be accepted as a normal sexual orientation? Can you see where this is heading? Their goal is to decriminalize all sexual predators. And we don't even have to guess when this is going to happen because it has already begun. But make no mistake, greed is also pushing transgender-affirming care as it is a huge moneymaker for the healthcare industry. Over the past 10 years, the number of transgender cases has skyrocketed over 1,600%. 1,600%! Gender-affirming care has a global economy of $1.9 billion and is expected to be a $5 billion industry by the year 2030. Now, how do we know this is a mental health problem? Because psychological problems are not eliminated when transitions happen. In fact, according to a study published in the Journal of Sexual Medicine in 2021, it stated, quote, The study yielded unflattering results on the effects the gender treatments had had on kids' mental health. Not only did it find no significant psychological benefit, but many children had their psychotropic medication increased after gender-related drugs were administered, end quote. So basically, the study shows no significant mental health changes until they started giving kids a higher dosage of antipsychotic drugs after their transition I mean, why not work on their mental health first to avoid the need for gender care treatments? Why not forgo puberty blockers and go directly to dealing with the mental health of the child? So this is a mental disorder after all. For 100 years, the medical industry considered it a mental disorder, but in 2013, the Medical Association eliminated every theory, every practice, and treatment in an attempt to normalize this once extremely rare mental disorder. The medical community has changed most, if not all, behavioral problems and mental health care issues by creating a new medical terminology of gender dysphoria to reflect a friendlier tone as a new medical practice of sexual orientation. You see, if gender dysphoria was considered a mental health problem, by law, doctors would not be allowed to mutilate human bodies to fix mental health problems. And this is why lobotomies were banned. Because lobotomies permanently damaged brain functions in adults and children, and it even caused death. 
But if you change it from mental health problems to medical care, they can continue their barbaric and monstrous practices of new experiments in how to fix mental illness. Gender-affirming care is the new lobotomy. Changing the category didn't eliminate mental health problems. And we have a serious mental health problem in our youth that the medical and health insurance industries refuse to admit. And we are seeing more men and women detransition and are beginning to see more lawsuits against hospitals and doctors for medical negligence. Why? Well, because normalizing mental health and mutilating a child's body to fix a psychological problem is not only illegal, but dangerous, and it is destroying lives. And here are the facts. The transgender numbers for people over the age of 30 really has not changed over the course of 10 years. The increase in numbers is mostly children and young adults under the age of 24. Is it only a coincidence that the brain doesn't fully mature and develop until the age of 25 that the transgender numbers dropped too? The data shows the number of people being gender dysphoric greatly decreases with age and maturity. Children do not have the mental nor emotional maturity nor experience to make these decisions. All children are self-centered and are focused on their own needs, and children have difficulty distinguishing between reality and themselves. And here is a perfect example. Why do we hold a child's hand when crossing a busy street? Because children cannot process abstract thinking. They cannot see that by running out into busy traffic, they could get hit by a car, causing great bodily injury or death. They cannot process consequences to these types of actions. We hold their hands because they are so focused on getting across the street, they are oblivious to the activities and consequences around them. If they ran out into traffic, they are not capable of thinking about what could happen if the driver of the car didn't see them. Children can not process this at all. And this is why we hold their hands tightly. Whether it is running out into a busy street, touching a hot stove, or sticking an object into a wall socket, their cognitive thinking and reasoning skills are not developed until around the age of 12. And even then, it takes time to develop these skills. 12 to 18-year-olds do not have the ability to make permanent decisions on who they want to be when they grow up either. And I think we can all agree that we are nothing like we were at the age of 18. Our interests are different. Our musical tastes are different. Our goals, relationship, and experiences are all different. When I was 18, I was madly in love with Tom Selleck. I dreamt about marrying Tom Selleck and how we would live in Hawaii. I also wanted to be a flight attendant. I wanted to move to Nashville to be with my cousin Reba, go to cosmetology school, and together we would open our own beauty salon. And I also wanted to be a professional singer. I wanted to be all of those things. But guess what? 
none of my wishes or desires came true. Although I'm still somewhat disappointed about the Tom Selleck thing, yet are we to believe that a two-year-old can determine their sexual orientation or that a five-year-old has the ability to cognitively make permanent decisions about their sexuality or that a 13-year-old understands the lifelong consequences of a mastectomy? Or that an 18-year-old can have their genitals removed because they know exactly who they want to be? No, this is not a natural progression in human development. It never has been, nor should it be. But I do believe that children can be misunderstood, misdirected, live in an environment of dysfunction, abused, neglected, or simply spoiled and undisciplined. Spare the rod, spoil the child. And we are not teaching our children about God, about Jesus, about the fruit of the Spirit, of love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Because against such things, there is no law. And that's Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 24. In an attempt to promote transgenderism to its fullest acceptance in our society, trans activists have used suicidal risks to enforce a view of affirming trans care is the best mode of treatment. And this is false. And there is no data to support this narrative. Dr. Ken Zucker a well-known Canadian psychologist who was considered an expert in the field of transgenderism stated, the suicide risk is the same percentage of youth with any other mental health problems. He also stated he was concerned about the rapid onset of gender dysphoria in girls and that he believed the rapid onset was due to psychosocial factors causing these mental health conditions. Now, we know children struggle with social peer pressures and then add on to that trying to fit into a narcissistic culture. The influencer culture is a false reflection of reality. We have seen too many young social media influencers commit suicide because their world was based on lies, filters, and followers. And it is in these weak emotions where the devil thrives. And sadly, those who are confused about their identity have either removed God from their lives or they never knew him at all. And let's face it, God isn't even allowed to be a part of the solution anymore. And we know he is the only solution. There is only one way to transform, and that is through repentance, redemption, and salvation. It's the only way. Since the secular world is more focused on greed, let's take a look at the high cost of living a transgendered life and the lifetime commitment of medical care. Because let me tell you, it is not cheap. And the lifetime requirements for medical care are demanding and overwhelming. And that's looking at it from a best case scenario. Okay, here are the costs. Female to male and male to female bottom surgery alone is currently around $100,000 and does not include postoperative care or hormone therapies. 
hormone treatments are in the thousands of dollars per person. Many of the transition surgeries, such as facial feminization and breast augmentations, are considered cosmetic and are not covered by health insurance. Breast augmentation surgery alone is on average between $12,000 and $24,000. Now keep in mind, breast augmentations are not a one-and-done procedure. Implants have high health risks and require continued follow-up care and possible replacement surgeries throughout a person's lifetime. A simple cosmetic procedure of electrolysis just to remove facial hair is on average between $75 and $150 per session, and it is not covered by insurance. Count on a minimum of 24 sessions per year. That's $3,600 a year just to remove facial hair. But get this. The average trans person will spend between $200,000 to $500,000 just to keep up with their transitions, and these costs are expected to increase. Unfortunately, no one knows what long-term care is going to look like for those who have transitioned. There is simply no data. But the consequences extend beyond financial and emotional distress. Healthcare coverage is too expensive for many trans employees, and many trans people do not have insurance coverage to maintain the medical upkeep that will be required. And those who are considering surgically transitioning from one gender to another, it is important to fully research the cost for a lifetime of medical surgeries and treatments. But also note, there are no long-term studies about the side effects or health complications from hormone therapies. And again, this is best case scenario and does not include costs for complications, mental health care bills, or a lifetime of pain and suffering from the side effects of hormones and surgeries. So let's take a look at the risks and other factors involved with hormone therapies required to maintain their transitions that the trans activists do not want you to know. Here are the risks and side effects for transgender men, and these are women who medically or pharmaceutically transitioned to male. Weight gain, pelvic pain, sleep apnea, abnormal cholesterol levels, high blood pressure, male pattern baldness, acne, infertility, type 2 diabetes, discomfort in the groin area, vaginal atrophy, hormone-sensitive cancers, voice will change permanently, permanent facial hair and body hair growth, change in libido can become overwhelming and long-term risks are unknown, overproduction of red blood cells, blood clot deep in vein or lung, must still use birth control if you have sex with a biological male. Continued monitoring of bone health for osteoporosis. Permanent nerve damage with double mastectomy and bottom surgeries. Side effects can be severe. Chronic joint pain, changes in bone and muscles, body deformity because of uneven fat distribution problems metabolizing fats and sugars, 
and lifetime of regret for detransitioners. Now, for the men who medically or pharmaceutically transitions to a transgendered woman, here are their risks. Osteoporosis, problems metabolizing fats and sugar, heart disease, blood clots, strokes, gallstones, hot flashes, anemia, decreased libido, increased risk for cancer. Those who have bottom surgeries must use a dilator every single day to keep the opening of the constructed vagina from closing up permanently. And this requires constant care and even with all of that is still subject to atrophy. Chemical castration has a risk of being permanent in some cases. There are no long-term studies regarding this. Several side effects from excessive use of hormones and a lifetime of regret when detransitioning. Now, research has found puberty blockers can stunt the height and impair bone mass density in children. Doctors are beginning to see osteoporosis in children, and this is just one of many unknown health risks associated with puberty blockers. This is just one of many reasons Sweden, Finland, and the UK have stopped giving children puberty-blocking drugs. Duke Medicine opened their gender-affirming practice in 2015, and they treat children as young as two years old. UNC Health provides gender-affirming care for children as young as three years old. There are other pediatric teaching hospitals pushing gender-affirming care, and they are receiving millions of dollars in grants to do so. And these pediatric teaching facilities have only five years of data at most on socially transitioning children from the age of five. There is no data for children under the age of four. And this should terrify everyone. This is social and psychological experiments, and the children are being used as guinea pigs. You want proof that the medical community will use barbaric means to conduct their research? The medical community has been on the wrong side of humanity for the past 80 years. We discussed lobotomies earlier, and many people suffered severe and irreparable brain damage. It is the exposure of this barbaric procedure and the resulting pushback by the American people that caused the medical community to end the use of lobotomies. Another medical experimental disaster that happened from 1955 to 1960 was the secret experiments on children with cerebral palsy. Medical researchers used radiation poisoning experiments on these children using extremely painful procedures. One such extreme experiment was injecting air into the brains of these children. Even though these children died horrible, horrible deaths, this practice continued for five years. Medical records were sealed and hidden from the parents. It wasn't until President Clinton opened an investigation into these experiments that the family members discover the truth. More recently, from 2005 to 2009, premature babies in 23 U.S. hospitals were a part of a secret suffocation experiment. 
unknown to the parents, medical researchers were deliberately restricting oxygen to over 1,300 premature babies. The parents were lied to, and when they tried to sue the hospitals for medical negligence for the death of their babies, their cases were dismissed. Doesn't it make you sick to your stomach? It should. Since 1988, $3.18 billion has been paid out by the U.S. Federal Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. Do you remember when the HPV vaccine rolled out in 2006? This vaccine was provided to teenage girls and young women to prevent cervical cancer. There was no evidence this vaccine worked when they began using it. Worse yet, there is no conclusive study indicating its success either. But there is worldwide evidence the vaccine caused serious side effects that required hospitalization and was deemed life-threatening. Japan banned the HPV vaccine, and several European countries have banned it as well. Sounds like a similar pattern with puberty blockers, don't you think? And like I said, the United States has been consistently way behind other countries when it comes to medical care. And we haven't even begun to know the full scale of vaccine injuries, including death, from the COVID-19 vaccine. In the UK, there are currently five newborn infants who have myocarditis from the effects from the vaccine, and this condition didn't even exist in infants prior to this vaccine. There is a slow release of information from our government and the pharmaceutical companies, and many within the media outlets still refuse to report on several severe reaction cases and even death due to the vaccine. Remember when the pharmaceutical companies originally wanted to hide their findings for 70 years? They fought really hard to hide the truth. Well, hopefully the truth will prevail and we will soon find out why they wanted the data hidden from the public. And just look at the catastrophic results from the pandemic lockdowns have had on our children. Schools were closed, churches were closed, medical facilities were closed. Life became a failed social experiment. And we know these kids were socially, mentally, morally, and educationally devastated. And there are so many more medical research horror stories, but hopefully I have shared enough for you to know and understand why we cannot blindly accept what is happening to our children. It is not safe nor ethical, and there is no such thing as settled science when it comes to medicine and medical care. And we need to stop this barbaric experimentation on our children. We need to fight against the evil that is going to permanently mutilate our children, and they will suffer lifelong consequences. And we need to stand firm and fight against it. The Bible warns us about the narcissistic behaviors in the end times found in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2 through 5. And Paul wrote, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days, and people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, 
proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lover of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. And this movement is being done to destabilize, divide, and control people on a global level. And this is revelation. Now, do you believe this is just a conspiracy theory? In 2019, Dennis Prager appeared on the Bill Maher show, and Mr. Prager said, men can menstruate. If you say men cannot menstruate, you are called transphobic. Now, Bill Maher and his panel guest immediately began laughing and, and making fun of his statement. And Bill Maher responded with, uh, I've missed this whole story. You are talking about a very small percentage and how you framed it. It is nonsense. As Prager, you said, this comment went from being a right-wing conspiracy theory to three years later becoming a principal tenant of medical institutions, government agencies, education, and corporate offices. And we are no longer in conspiracy theory territory, and we are now in a tyrannical rebellion. Tyrannical rebellions destabilize civil societies, and they are targeting you, your children, all religions, and are especially targeting Christianity. Here is more evidence that the satanic culture is penetrating the medical care facilities. The Walter Reed Medical Facility just ended their relationship with Catholic priests at the end of March of 2023 and have replaced priests with a secular company. So now will those who are sick and dying or families of the dead be comforted with unsaved souls and positive thoughts? And as anticipated, it didn't take long for new dysphorias to appear. There are adult men who are wanting to transition to being a baby. And recently, a white male city council member announced he was declaring himself as a woman of color and as a lesbian. But the one disorder that is most frightening and abhorrently insane is body integrity identity dysphoria. And this is when a healthy person believes they are disabled. There are now requests for doctors to remove healthy arms, legs, and even cutting the spine so the healthy body can become permanently disabled. And there was a blind woman who appeared on a medical talk show, and she discussed how she was miserable as a seeing person. She had healthy eyes, but believed she was supposed to be blind. So she made it happen. She blinded herself. And this dysphoria obsession is multiplying, and people are becoming more demented each day. 
we need to start identifying who the real enemy is, and we need to stop coddling them. Who is it? It's the devil. As parents and grandparents, we need to teach our children and grandchildren about God. We desperately need God back in our society and in our lives. And we need to teach our children to love and appreciate their bodies. And do you know how many different phases and physical changes a person will experience in their lifetime? Our bodies are constantly changing. Are we going to coddle our children and young adults throughout every stage of their lives? This is not compassion. Creating false utopias, void of conflict, void of pain, void of reality, void of God, is the lie the devil desires to manipulate and control those without an identity in Christ. This is not compassion. This is indoctrination, and it is pure evil. This is irresponsible in the deepest levels of humanity. And this is severe and irreversible child abuse. And you need to stand up to trans activists and say, no, not my child and not my community. Parents, stop coddling your young adult children. Get them away from this violent ideology before it is too late. I know you love your children, but it isn't compassionate to support these satanic ideologies. Don't close the door to them. Don't stop loving them. Just stop enabling them. And this ideology is being infiltrated into churches, too. Christians are putting politics ahead of their faith. And Christians need to remember that the devil is the enemy of God. And how would Jesus handle this situation? Well, Jesus sat with sinners, but he didn't sin with them. What did Jesus say to the woman at the well and to the adulterous woman whom he saved from being stoned to death? He told them to sin no more. He certainly did not approve of their sin, but taught them about repentance, forgiveness, redemption, and salvation. Churches need to know the difference. We are here to serve God. God is not here to serve us. And the churches need to answer these questions. Why are you afraid to stand up to the devil? Do you believe Jesus would approve of any sin? I I'm not aware of any sin that is considered good. And Jesus loves people, but never at any point in the Bible does it say to love their sin. Jesus would not approve, nor would he accept any sin. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. An identity crisis is a result of losing sight of God. They have allowed the devil to control their emotions and their mindsets. The devil causes identity confusion. He wants them to stay in a constant state of chaos, confusion, and conflict. And do you know what the devil wants Christians to do? He wants us to sit down and shut 
up. No, we are not going to let the devil separate us from God. And as Christians, if you support the trans movement, you are defying God. You have made a choice against God, and you cannot be half in the world and half with Jesus. In the Bible, this is called being double-minded. And do you think God is going to listen to your prayers if you are submitting to the devil? No. And there is a very clear line between God and the desired sins of the world. As parents, we need to understand there are potential dangers hidden within our child's emotional health. Our children are being overstimulated, sleep-deprived, unbalanced nutrition, and undisciplined. It is our own dependence upon technology that keeps us entertained and emotionally unavailable. As parents, we need to understand how healthy fundamentals begin at home with a strong foundation in God. And we need to understand that the human mind cannot heal itself. The secular belief is that you can medicate the mind, you can surgically change the body, or you can put lipstick on it and dress it up. But without God, the devil will replay these negative emotions in our mind. The devil will hold you hostage through your emotions. And this is why this trans rights movement which are based on feelings and emotions, is extremely dangerous. If you use feelings to make decisions, you are inviting the devil to control and manipulate your life. You will become a slave to your irrational thoughts and emotional mindsets. God loves you. He loves all of his children he wants to help you overcome the devil's lies and schemes. All you have to do is to seek his help for divine intervention. And I pray all Christians will realize we are entering into dangerous times. And now is the time to rally together to fight against this evil. The truth needs to come out and to be shared. Please share this podcast so others may learn the unbiased truth about the transgender movement. We must fight against this enemy to protect those who are suffering from mental health issues. Never should anyone promise a false cure when it involves a lifetime of permanent health consequences. God has made us in his image, and he has a divine plan for all of us. God is not political, and neither is his word. You want to be healed? It is a decision and not based on a feeling. We must remember that the beauty of redemption and salvation is the promise of hope, of spiritual transformation that prepares us for an eternal life in heaven. We are at the end of this segment, and I know there is a lot of information in part one and part two of our podcasts. I encourage you to reach out to me and share your thoughts and questions regarding this trans rights movement. 
We will be following up with your questions and comments in our next podcast. So hit the subscribe button so you don't miss future podcast episodes. And let's go ahead and end this podcast in prayer. Dear Father, I pray for those who are searching for cures only you can provide. Lord, I pray for those who are struggling to release their burdens to you so they can find love, forgiveness, peace, and healing. And may you fill their emptiness with love and purpose. Help us to stand firm against the evils of this satanic, driven ideology. Help us to speak up and to have a united front as fellow workers in Christ. Thank you, Father, for your love and guidance. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.